Check podcasts. This is Van Collar. Van Collar. My name is Mo Amir, and this is Van Color, British Columbia's bonafide culture and politics TV talk show right here on Check and Check Plus. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Tonight, we have a show of superstars. Comedian Andrea Jin, who is up for Best Comedy Album at this year's Juno Awards, joins us to discuss all the places you can't take dogs and all the comedy venues that closed down over the last few years. But first, did you know that CBS's competitive reality TV series Survivor has been on air for 22 years? And it's only until recently that Canadians were able to compete on the show. In fact, the very very first Canadian to play Survivor actually won Survivor last year in season 41. From Toronto, Ontario, she quit her job for the opportunity to be on the show and she outwitted, outplayed and outlasted the competition in a season with brand new rules and advantages. She's now a special correspondent on ET Canada. She's Erica Kasupinen. Erica, so nice to see you. Thanks for being here. Hello, it is my pleasure to be here with you, Mo. So first of all, thank you for representing Canada. It was a long time coming for Canadians to be on the show and you proved that we're not messing around. Not at all. We might be nice, but we're here to play. I love it. Well, hey, I've been a fan of the show from the beginning. Maybe not a super fan. Not sure if I would ever do it myself, but I have to know. What is the bathroom situation in Survivor? Like there must be some nice running toilets and soaps behind the scenes that the camera that the cameras never show us, right? Well, if you mean nice running toilets, uh, it's actually the ocean. So our toilet is the ocean <laughs> and our toilet paper is the wet sand in the ocean. Oh, wow. And Yes. And if it's nighttime, you're not allowed to go into the ocean. And that's when you go in the jungle and you have leaves. But trust me, you would rather have the wet sand than the mystery leaf you pick up in the middle of the night. (laughs) That sounds like it could get dangerous. Now, I don't want to get too graphic, but how do folks know that you're not sneaking off looking for immunity idols or advantages if you just have to go to the bathroom during the show? Well, there are these weird code words that we need to use if we need to do something where we're going to be off camera. So we use a code word to tell each other that we're going to go to the bathroom. And it's because production needs to be able to film us finding idols, but they can't film us if we say we're going to the bathroom. So we're not really allowed to lie and say we're going to the bathroom and then go look for something. (laughs) No, and that's fair (laughs) enough. And speaking of being put in uh, compromising positions for the whole world to watch, one thing you told me before we got started is uh, you never expected to be crying in your underwear for the amusement and entertainment of uh, folks all around the world. Yeah, you know what? I feel like ever since I've been on Survivor, now anytime I'm in a situation where I'm nervous or I do something new, I tell myself, millions of people have seen me cry in my underwear. So what's the worst that can happen? (laughs) Right? You've been through it. (laughs) That's amazing. Well, you know, Survivor really kicked off a a gold rush in reality TV, and it's still here. The 42nd season is airing right now on CBS, and the show almost seems to have gotten harder. 
your season of Survivor, season 41, actually marked a turning point for the series. There were major changes to advantages in gameplay, like uh, the Hourglass Game Changer, which was very pivotal in your game. Having gone through it with plenty of ups and downs, including the the crying that you just talked about, is there any <laughs> is there any way to truly physically and emotionally prepare for the experience of being on Survivor, especially because this game seems to evolve every season? I think that the best way to prepare is to go in with the mindset, knowing that you do not know anything and you're not going to be prepared for anything. I have been a huge fan of Survivor since the first season. I've watched every episode. I studied every episode before I went to play. Mm -hmm. And I remember days before we were supposed to start filming, we were told the game is not going to be 39 days. It's going to be 26 days. And I mm -hmm. thought, okay, if they're willing to change the length of days, which I thought was so sacred, then anything is on the table. So I almost threw everything that I knew out the window and I thought, I'm just going to roll with the punches. I'm going to roll with whatever gets thrown at me. And then I ended up coming out on top. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I love that mindset. It's kind of the mindset I have in my real life. It's like, listen, I don't know anything. I'll just take it as it comes and, and roll with the punches. <laughs> uh, as the season 41 sole survivor, you won a million American dollars. So mm -hmm. in terms of real estate, what does that get you in Toronto? Like a shack 40 oh. minutes outside the city? <laughs> I don't know if it gets me anything in Toronto. Maybe I get a studio apartment. I don't know. It's a million. I'm happy to have won a million dollars, but I will say a million dollars doesn't go as far as it did in 2000. Not even a million American dollars? I mean, you live in Vancouver. You know the crazy real estate market in cities in Canada. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. But here's the thing. I've never known anyone to win that much money all at once. Obviously, so well earned. So I have to ask, what was your very first purchase? So I did the responsible thing. Most of the money is invested. I'm figuring out how I can buy that shack 40 minutes outside of Toronto. But the first impulsive thing that was purely for fun that I did is I actually got tickets to see BTS in Las Vegas and I got to treat my sister and my sister-in-law to go. Oh, wow. That's so nice of you. <laughs> are they BTS fans as well? Or was it more of a you thing? Like it was it was for you. Oh, we're all ARMY. We okay. are in it. <laughs> so as I noted, only recently Canadians are finally allowed to play Survivor. And you were the first one to play. And of course, you won. There are three Canadians on this current season. However, still no British Columbians. So give your advice to the, to the Survivor super fan that's sitting here in BC. What should they do in their application to give themselves the best shot to be on the show? And I, I'm not talking about how to win the show. I just want to know the life hack to actually get on Survivor. So my main piece of advice for your audition is to know how you're already playing Survivor in your real life and how you're already winning it. So whether you're a lawyer or a babysitter or a cashier or whatever you do or stay at home parent, talk about how you're already outwitting, outplaying and outlasting and winning. And I think that that's going to be what helps you to stand out. Don't do what you think you need. I don't know. People think that they need to be crazy and jump out of trees and all of that. It doesn't matter. Talk about how you're already a winner. What if you did like an audition video where you were crying in your underwear and you said, you know, I don't mind if this goes out to the universe. You know what? I think that if you make a compelling case for how the crying in underwear is what will make you win, 
and you could have a shot. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Erica, this was a real treat. Thank you so much for your time. You had an incredible narrative on the show, and really, you worked so hard for that win. And also, I'm looking forward to seeing you compete again in an all-star season, perhaps. <laughs> We'll see what happens. Thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure. <laughs> Absolutely. Folks, that was Erica Kasupanen, the winner of CBS's Survivor Season 41 and the first Canadian to ever win the show. If you're a fan of Survivor, Erica does some excellent recaps on ET Canada and some really great interviews with the booted contestants this season. Now, after some business, there are still a lot of places where you can't take your dog. The 2022 Juno Awards in Toronto on May 15th is probably one of those places, even if you're nominated for Best Comedy Album. We're going to find out more with comedian Andrea Jin up next. Welcome back to This is Van Color. My name is Mo Mir, and I promised you a show full of superstars and our featured guest absolutely lives up to that bill. When you ask local Vancouver comedians about their favorite local comic, her name always comes up in conversation. She was just named to the Just for Laughs New Faces of Comedy, a huge honor in the comedy world shared by the likes of Kevin Hart, Ali Wong, John Mulaney, Hassan Minhaj, Nikki Glaser, basically any of your favorite comics on Netflix right now. You can also find her on CBC Gems' The New Wave of Stand-Up Season 2, and in a couple of weeks, she is up for Best Comedy Album at the 2022 Juno Awards for her debut comedy album, Grandma's Girl. She is Andrea Jin. Andrea, so nice to see you. Thanks for Hi. being here. Hi, so good to see you. You made me sound so good. <laughs> you are. Congratulations on your Juno Award nomination. That's Thank huge. You. I have to ask you, though. Since they brought back this award in 2018, mm -hmm. Vancouver comedians have been cleaning up. The last three or four years, <laughs> Ivan Decker, Sophie Buttle, Jacob Samuel. Is there pressure for you to like continue that Vancouver dynasty? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. It's been like a very, it's like a joke within the comedy community that yeah. like all the Junos are in the um, West Coast. Yeah. And uh, yeah, pressure's on, basically. Are you going to Toronto this year for the awards? Yeah, yeah. It's super exciting that it's going to be in person yeah. this year. And uh, Simu Liu is hosting, and Avril Lavigne's going to be there. Oh, which wow. What I, like, growing up, that was um, a favorite of mine. She was, she was so influential. Um, and so, yeah, I'm super excited to go. So, so what's the bigger goal here, to meet Avril or to win the award? <laughs> what would make you happier if you could only pick one? Oh my God, I think that it's very close. Okay. It's very close. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, this year, I see that you're almost becoming an advocate for a certain cause. You own a dog and oh, yeah. you are very passionate about taking your dog everywhere and most places won't allow you to do that. It's so annoying. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> so the internet loves dogs, yes. right? And we claim that we love dogs and we care about them and we're like, don't put them in cars, yeah. hot cars, of course, which of course, Yeah. but for some reason they're like, but you can't bring them anywhere that <laughs> a normal person would go to. Right. So you know? what places in particular like really frustrate you? You're like, ah, oh, I can't bring my dog. <laughs> okay, though, okay. So restaurants and grocery stores, fine. Okay. I'm still annoyed. <laughs> like still, I think that's stupid because what is my dog doing that I'm not doing? Right. You know? But there's food around. 
Yeah, but I'm around as well. Sure, and yeah. we let kids in. <laughs> and kids are also gross. You know? Kids are as, I would say, as gross as dogs. And I. Sometimes grosser. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> They're always sticky. Why are they always sticky? Like, if I keep my dog clean, they're not sticky at all. Yeah. They're, and they're not licking anything. A well-behaved dog's not doing anything. But a kid, nine times out of ten, they're sticky. No, I would say ten <laughs> times out of ten, they're sticky. You've done some research on this. Yeah, I've, yeah. Touched, I've, like, <laughs> I've shaken hands with kids. They want to show me stuff. Anytime they give me anything, it's always sticky. Their face, okay. Anyway. <laughs> But it's not, I don't understand why there's a double standard. Mm. But also, why is there so much trust on me as a person that I won't be gross as well? You know, <laughs> I can also be as gross as my dog. I can like pant on things, I could spit. I've seen people spit into like f- food, other people's food. People have spat in my face. My dog does not get as close to someone's face as a person does. Sure. I've had so many, I've, I've, a hundred percent had way more people spit on me, even if by accident. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're I'm hoping by it's accident. by accident. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you're pretty well like comic in the city, so <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever spat on, on purpose. But um, spit, yeah, uh, by accident. A hundred percent, way more than a dog has ever had any. Uh, contact with me. Yeah, you're so. you're clearly very passionate about this. Are you yes. going to bring your dog to the Junos? I mean, I want to. That's honestly been an ongoing thought. I, every hotel I've booked because I'm I'm going to New York before that. Okay. Um, every place I've booked is dog friendly. Oh, perfect. But they charge a fee on top of it, mm. which is kind of annoying because again. Kids don't get an extra fee. I don't understand the difference. I really don't understand the difference. Kids are way more likely to make a mess than dogs. Yeah. Again, like if if you train your dogs well enough, they're not doing anything bad. Right. So I think you should make a political statement. You know how some people win an award and then they get up and they yeah. talk about their cause. <laughs> I think that should be your plan. Okay, I'm gonna do that. That's a good, actually. That's a great uh, um, strategy. Thank you. Yeah, I yeah. think so. It'll it'll really affect positive change. Yeah, I in want this, in this realm. <laughs> I want the uh, I want the Canadian musicians to know that that's a real problem, and I bet they most of them agree. I bet most of them have pets as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, one place you cannot take your dog especially in Vancouver, is the comedy club because there aren't really any comedy clubs in Vancouver. Right. And over the last few <laughs> years, we've seen the comedy mix, Yuck Yucks in Vancouver closed down, and then even spaces that weren't like comedy clubs but hosted a lot of comedy like Kino Cafe or Little, Little Mountain Gallery, they've shut down as well. Is it weird for you that just as you're getting all this success and, and you're touring a lot more, you can't even hone your craft really in your hometown? Yeah, it feels bizarre. Like uh, the place where I started, all these venues that I started and developed my material um, for the building blocks of like my career and my album um, are all gone now. Most of them mm-hmm. are gone now. And it's super weird. And um, I feel bad for people starting out now. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I feel grateful that I started when Because you I had did. these places that helped you develop, and now someone who's just starting out, I know. where do they go? I, I seriously, I sympathize with them so much because it's, it, I just can't imagine starting now. Because yeah. there's just like no shows. I mean, there's a handful of like independent shows, but 
compared to now, I mean, compared to before, it was uh, just so bare yeah. compared to before. Uh, so where do people go? Like if you're just starting out or, or maybe you're coming out of the pandemic and you're looking forward to performing live, where are comics going in this city to perform? Yeah, so there's uh, Jokes, Please, which is a Vancouver favorite show. Um, have you been to Jokes, Please? I have not. Is oh, it at really? a restaurant? Uh, it used to be at um, Little Mountain Gallery every yeah. Thursday. Ross Dalk runs it and, and uh, he hosts it as well. And it was like packed every week it was kind of one of those shows yeah. you know in, in vancouver um but he found a new spot so there's uh so jokes means is now at um beaumont yeah. studios on thursdays and then on fridays it's like at cambrian hall um i guess i'm more curious like are we seeing shows shift to restaurants and bars since there oh, is no yeah. like dedicated comedy club oh for sure they're all mostly at restaurants mostly at bars a lot of restaurants and bars um, feel like they want to get the comedy audiences in on like a slower night or something, right. which is nice, but it's not really the ideal space for comedy, mm -hmm. you know, where, where people are separated by huge tables right. um, and they're eating and, and, and drinking. <laughs> and it, It's fine because some comedy clubs are very much like that, but... Um, it's not the best environment. Yeah, for. yeah. It, like, it's fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. But it's like, uh, we love a comedy club, totally. right? Yeah. Who do you blame for this? This is your opportunity <laughs> to sound off. Is it the mayor's fault? Whose fault is this? I don't know. I don't know who to blame. That's the confusing part <laughs> of this, like, because, like, with, with, you know, with, with the thing about dogs wanting to bring my dogs places, I can blame the establishment right yeah. i can blame the stores the restaurants for not letting uh my me bring my dog in but uh with the closing of comedy clubs and, and comedy venues i mean i guess it's the city yeah because there aren't um i guess laws or n i don't know what the right word is but just like uh things in place to secure art venues yeah there aren't anything in place to protect art venues and comedy venues and like places where like do we really want a city that's just uh where people just live in it and then <laughs> we have no art or culture and no artists and everyone no i think these things are jobs. important yeah right absolutely. yeah like people need to um i think local art is important mm -hmm. and um, Especially in yeah. a city that, as we just mentioned, you know, there's so much comedic talent coming out of the city. It shows in the Juno exactly. Award winners. Yeah, we have like the best comedian, some of the best comedians in the country. Yeah. Um, and it, 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 yeah, it's a shame that yeah. um, we don't get to, uh, yeah, like exercise that talent and, and, and develop it and especially people starting out and, mm -hmm. and the existing comics too. Absolutely. We all have to resort to going to other places to do shows. And, yeah. Um, to try out new material, to get your set together. Yeah. yeah. It's not, it, it's kind of, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, this feeling it's, um, yeah, I wish it was different. Yeah. Well, Andrea, I'm sure you're going to be in high demand regardless. <laughs> and I'm sure many venues will be asking for you to perform. You. Congratulations on the nomination. I'm sure you'll win, but best of luck in the future. Thank you.
folks, that was Vancouver-based comedian Andrea Jin. She's up for a Juno Award on May 15th for Best Comedy Album. The album is called Grandma's Girl, and you can find it on Spotify and iTunes. Also, check her out on CBC Gems' The New Wave of Stand-Up Season 2. Now stick around because after some business, I'm going to share some very wise advice I received from my high school social studies teacher. I'm talking about you, Mr. Dang. You won't want to miss it. Thank you to Survivor Season 41 winner Erica Kasupinen and 2022 Juno Award nominee and hopefully winner comedian Andrea Jin for tonight's show. But before we call it a night, I want to talk about how this week, the BC Association of Broadcasters launched a year-long $2.5 million campaign to never accept hate. Hashtag nah. Sadly, British Columbia has experienced rising incidents of hate since 2020. And while most of us understand how wrong these incidents are, I think it's important for all of us to take a step back and understand that hate can take many forms. And we might not even recognize it when it's not harassment or physical assault. What's more, we might not even recognize the power that each of us has in making a positive impact in each other's lives and in our communities. And sometimes all it takes to make that positive change, to be part of the solution where everyone feels safe, is just a message, a conversation. We can and we must commit to this positive change. So... Let's take a moment. When I was in high school, I used homophobic and ableist slurs. I didn't direct these words at people who identified as part of the LGBTQ community or people with disabilities. I wasn't trying to hurt anyone's feelings. I didn't hate anyone. I used these words with my friends. Then one day, my social studies teacher, Mr. Dang, pulled me aside and asked me, why do you talk like that? Come on, Mr. Dang, I'm not a bully. I'm just joking with my friends. He agreed, I wasn't a bully. In fact, Mr. Dang told me that I was a good student, well-liked, approachable, kind, which is what concerned him. But like, come on, there are actual bullies out there, Mr. Dang. And that's when he explained it to me. Imagine you're horsing around with your friends and one of them is gay and hasn't told anyone. Or maybe they have a family member with a disability. Or maybe someone else who is gay or has a disability overhears you using those hurtful words. How do you think they would feel? As someone who had experienced racism, directly, indirectly, casually, aggressively, I knew exactly how they'd feel. And after Mr. Dang made me think about it, Whenever I used those words out of habit or overheard others using those words, that feeling hit me until I stopped using those words and I stopped being silent in my social circles. Now, it would be easy to blame the culture at the time where discriminatory language was pervasive in punchlines, but that doesn't make me any less responsible for my actions or any less responsible for my silence when I witnessed others doing it. Mr. Dang was right. We all have a role in cultivating social environments and communities that foster safety and belonging for everyone. And it's time we embrace the impact that we all have on each other and the power within all of us to never accept hate. 
Folks, that's our show. Thank you so much for watching. For more information on the Never Accept Hate Collective and the hashtag nah campaign, please visit neveraccepthate.ca. We all have a responsibility to do more, to speak up, and to never accept hate. This is Van Culler, and I'm Mo Amir telling you that in a province where you can be anything, be colorful. Peace. Thank you.